Hey guys, my name's Scott Niemeyer and I'm the lead pastor here at High Point Church. I wanna welcome you to our podcast. We hope that you are inspired and encouraged by the word today. Let's jump in and let's get started. Glad to be here. I'm so honored. Anytime I get to take the stage, I um, I just think what an honor it is to be up here, and that and I thank God. I always thank God for choosing me. I'm like, thank you, God, for choosing me. I feel so honored to be able to give the word. I know it's not something that I take lightly, but I do ask for forgiveness if I say anything that's not like politically correct or something. Okay, we all forgive me. Yes, yes, thank you. Okay. Hey, let's open up with some prayer this morning. Lord, we thank you for today. God, I just pray blessings over everyone that's here today, Lord, that has decided that they're going to start their year off right. They're going to give you a year, God. And that means coming to church and being together with our church family. Just bless them for their time, Lord. I pray that you will give back to them everything that they came for and more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, listen, I may not, I may or may not have charged my iPad last night. I'm just saying, I may instantly lose all my notes. So you'll get to see how close I am to Jesus this morning, right? (laughs) No, I just want to say happy new year. I was laughing this morning. This is kind of a last minute thing. Um, We're going to talk about our sermon series in just a minute, but there's a, how many of you like to put like the new year banner on your phone? Like, I got a word for the year, or 2020 this, or 2021 that, or 2022 that. So I went back and I was looking, and it, what, sparred, what sparred all this, okay, I'll just let you get in my head for a minute, is that, um, you know that thing called time hop? Well, um, in the new year, this time hop came up, and it was a video of our family and we were eating Christmas dinner, and we're all like, yeah, 2020. This is in 2019, by the way. Okay, like literally in the video, I should have put it up there, but it's too late. And the production team back there is like, you got to quit adding stuff like two seconds before the church starts. But, and like even Micah, my son, I mean, just give it up for Micah. He did the most epic toast to ring in 2020. I don't even remember what it was, but it was pretty awesome. Thank you, Gary, for giving Micah a hand. And man, we were all excited. We were like, 2020 is my year. So I'm like, that's what I'm putting on my, on my phone. So you can put that up on the screen. 2020 is my year. How many of you had this on your phone in 2020? Nobody? I'm the only one. Like I'm into, the Bible says declare a thing and it'll be yours. So I'm like, 2020 is my year. All my dreams are going to come true. My business is going to explode. Our church is going to go to a new level. In fact, the the word we had for our church was next level. Y'all remember that? We're like, we're going to the next level. And then three months later, we all know what happened. Okay, and so 2020 came and went. So here we are, New Year's Eve 2020. We're ready for 2021, right? Go ahead and put that meme up. Did y'all see this? Did y'all see this meme? I saw this and I literally, my heart dropped. And I'm like, no, no, no. I refuse to see it as 2021. Not going to happen. And then this year, I just saw this the other day, and I laughed so hard. I don't know. Maybe it won't even make sense to you, but will you put the next meme up? 2022 (laughs) feels like that boyfriend we're about to take back for the third time because he he swears he's changed. (laughs) And all the ladies laugh. Doesn't it feel like that, y'all? Seriously. We're like, hmm, is it really a happy new year? You know? (laughs) 
but really it's all in our heart and our attitude and how we feel. And we, you know, since the beginning, Pastor Scott and I decided, and I'm, I'll probably get emotional this morning. You have to stay with me here, okay? But we decided that prayer and fasting changed our lives so drastically that we decided when we start High Point Church, we will teach, that'll be the first thing we teach our church is how to fast and pray. Because we went for so many years without knowing anything about it. Okay, yes, that's a little bit dumb on our parts, okay? We were in a full-time ministry. We've been youth pastors for 15 years. We were now on what year? One of being associate pastors. I mean, that's a long time to be in full-time ministry, 16 years, and not know how to fast and pray. But honestly, to be honest with you, I thought that was just for like, the elite, like monks and like sisters, you know what I'm talking about? Like with the hood. Oh, that was not politically correct. I didn't mean that. I meant like, do you know what I mean? Like nuns, there we go. But I thought that you really, or how about this? I thought that it was a spiritual gift of intercessory prayer. That sounds fancy, doesn't it? I'm like, I definitely don't have that gift. I put the clock on for five minutes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray for five minutes. And by two minutes, I've prayed for everything in the world, including all the hungry children. And I'm just like, it's not for me. I can't do it. God made me who I am. And then, <clears throat> excuse me. And then in 2011, God completely changed our lives, <clears throat> excuse me, through prayer and fasting. So I want to tell you a little bit about my testimony this morning. But before I do, I want to I talk about our new sermon series. It's called Follower. And we really believe, and, and we are, it's going with our prayer and fasting theme because I, we really want to challenge our church family and anyone who may be listening online to really go all in. Last week, you got to hear Pastor, Pastor Scott challenge us with giving God a year. If you haven't heard that, go back and listen. And going in all year and giving God a year of your life, the challenge is to truly become a devoted follower of Jesus. Like, what does that look like? I believe there's a lot of people who, and I was this way before we did our 21 days of prayer and fasting. I really was before God really trans, before 2011, I truly believe, I mean, I I love Jesus. This has nothing to do with where your soul's going for eternity. I mean, I know I had no no shadow of a doubt that if I were to pass from this, this life to the next, I'd be in heaven with Jesus. This has nothing to do with that. This is being a devoted, what does it look like to really follow Jesus? And, and I believe really before that, I'm not, I'm not speaking for you, but I'm speaking for me and Pastor Scott, that, that we thought we were followers, but really Jesus is just part, a part of our life. I mean, like he was a b- pretty big part of our life, but, but I believe we more, more, so, I'm going to step on somebody's toes. So just hold your feet for a minute. Okay. Don't get mad at me. I believe that we invited him to follow us instead of the other way around. And I just got this picture of a wheel, like, you know, like a wagon wheel. And, and in the center was like, and y'all have heard us talk about this. The kingdom of God is God's way of doing things. But really in the center was my kingdom. Okay. And Jesus was a big spoke. I might even given him like most of the spokes, but he was just a spoke. And then I had everything else, my career, my kids, this and this and this. And it was all compartmentalized. And what happened when we started praying and fasting every year, the forgiving Jesus, giving God the first part of every year through declaring a time of fasting and prayer, even though we didn't know a lot about it, it's like it just switched and Jesus became the center. And when Jesus is a center, you're not shaken. 
You're not shaken. I mean, it doesn't mean bad things don't happen. It means you're not shaken. So what does it truly mean to be a follower of Jesus? The title of my sermon, I love titles, y'all, is when, not if. You can follow along. We actually have notes. If you go to our app, if you don't have our app, download the app, but you can go to our website also and you can push sermon notes and follow along and then email them to yourself. It's awesome. And the Bible says that those that take notes will have a big crown in heaven. <laughs> Made that up, but I am a teacher and notes really, it has been proven that note, right? All the teachers in the house, it proves that notes really do help you retain information, to take notes. Do you know that in the Bible, Jesus says, follow me 13 times in the New Testament? 13 times. Do you think it might be important? Yeah. When we speak of following Jesus, it's not like modern day where we follow someone on Instagram and Facebook. How do we follow someone right now is what it looks like. I'm going to turn sideways so you can see me. I like that one. Ooh, double light. Oh, actually, I like that one. Oh my gosh, I got to get that off real quick. How many of you done that before? That's what following is in modern day. And I believe that's what we, how we also view following God, right? Following Jesus. So I wanted to talk about, and there's a scripture, and I want to talk about what it truly means to follow Jesus and what that looks like in the life of a believer. John 10, 27 says, this is Jesus talking. He says, and he's talking to his disciples. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So I want you to let that sink in for a minute. Jesus is calling us, he's, re, he's referring to us as sheep. Now I got a little offended at first because sheep are kind of dumb. But the, that whole context of sheep is that sheep cannot survive without a shepherd. You don't hear of wild sheep. A wild sheep will be dead in two days. So what Jesus is saying is to live eternally, to have this life on earth, this abundant life, it's important that you have a shepherd. And if Jesus is not your shepherd, you're following someone. Right? Well, it's getting really quiet in here. You're following someone. So the question is, who or what are you following? So... You know, I got to thinking about a sheep, and I'm not going to go into this passage today because I really want to leave time to give my testimony and talk about a passage that Jesus was teaching his disciples with prayer and fasting. But I couldn't help but think of Psalm 23. Y'all know that scripture? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. I mean, like, there's promises in Psalm 23 when we follow Jesus. There are some pretty awesome benefits to be going all in and, and giving God a year of your life. And verse 1, Psalm 23, verse 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd. There's another version that says, I lack nothing. I could stop right there. Sign me up, right? And then the very last verse of Psalm 23 Verse six is another benefit. It says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So when you become a true follower of Jesus, those are two benefits right off the bat. 
You lack nothing. That doesn't mean you're going to have days where you're not living paycheck to paycheck, seasons where, you know, you're in life. It doesn't mean that. I mean, we all go through those times, right? It's talking about your heart. You will lack nothing. You'll be filled all the time. And then I love that last promise. Surely goodness and mercy. Think about that for a minute. It doesn't say I'll follow goodness and mercy. It says that they will follow me. Isn't that good? I mean, I could preach a whole sermon just on goodness and mercy, right? So why do we fast and pray? Matthew 9, 14, I love this. I love how real Jesus' disciples were and how real John the Baptist's disciples were. So you know that John the Baptist was actually Jesus' cousin, and he was born before Jesus and started his ministry before Jesus, and his sole purpose in life was to prepare the way for Jesus, to let them know that he's coming and what he was all about. And he started having many followers, so he had his own disciples that were following him. And one day, you know, those two ministries overlapped. And it says one day, Matthew 9, 14, the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, why don't your disciples fast like we and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Everybody say then they will fast. Does it say if they will, and then they might fast? No, it says then they will fast. So let's, let's think about that for a minute. What this is saying that the discipline of prayer and fasting brings you into the presence of Jesus. Because what he's trying to tell John the Baptist's disciples is, no, what you're doing is right. Like praying and fasting is, is a good thing to do, but I'm with them right now. The sole purpose of prayer and fasting is to bring you into my presence not into the presence of John or any other man. The sole purpose of prayer and fasting is to bring you directly into the presence of Jesus. And we all need, we need that. We need that every day, not just on Sundays. We need that every day. So he told John, I mean, that's the first reason right there. Why do we fast? Then in Matthew 6, 1 through 18, he starts teaching his disciples and, and a crowd that had gathered on the hillside, like he, Jesus became really famous pretty quickly. And he was teaching them. And, and I love, I'm just, I'm going to read this to you. And then I'm going to tell you our story. Matthew 6, 1 through 18. He's teaching them about giving, praying, and fasting. But I want you to notice something when I read this passage. He does, again, he doesn't say, if you give, if you pray, or if you fast. He says, when you give, when you pray, when you fast. So I want you to notice that, okay? Because this is what got me. This is what started our journey. He says, be careful, verse one, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your father in heaven. It doesn't say that you're a bad person, it's just that as human beings, did you know that our, our default is to get the glory for something we did? When I give to somebody, I want them to know so that, that I feel so good about myself. Now, now, there's nothing wrong with feeling good about giving something to someone. You know that feeling, right? I mean, it even says in the Bible, you're more blessed to give than to receive. It's that feeling that, oh my gosh, I just blessed someone. 
but, but there's a default for us to get the glory. I want that glory, right? And Jesus is saying, if you do that, that's fine. But if you do it, that's your reward. That thank you you got from them is your reward. But this is what he wants you to, he's like, this is what he wants us to do. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Have you ever seen someone like a big corporation give something to someone like a charity and it's this huge check and they're making such a big deal out of it? Have you ever seen that? Yeah, well, don't do that. (laughs) Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. So again, he's not saying it's a sin to do that. He's saying that's your reward. Verse three, but when you give to the needy, do not, left your, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Let's stop there for a second. I put this to the test. So when I started this journey of prayer and fasting, one morning I'm like, God, I, I got the prayer and fasting down now. This is like after two years of us doing the 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm like, But the giving I struggle with, I always let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. Have you ever done that? You're like, God's like, I want you to give this much to legacy offering, or I want you to go pay so-and-so's house note, or I want you to buy this person that. Has it ever happened for you? You're like, you start telling God all the reasons why you can't. Well, I got a braces payment coming up. My kid has braces, and, and I got this, and I got... So I'm like, I did that all the time, y'all. I'm not saying you do it. I'm saying I did it. And so I'm like, I'm not going to do it, Lord. Just test me. I'm ready. Test me. And he said, I want you to give something to this family. He pointed this family out in church. I'm like, all right, what do you want me to give? Because by the way, let me just give you some relief right now. This message is not about giving, but let me give you some relief right now. God taught me in this. He will never ask you to give something you don't have. Remember when Scott, Pastor Scott talked about the vessels, the open vessels? He's not going to ask you to give something you don't have. So I wasn't afraid. I'm like, I know you're going to, whatever you give me, because the Bible says he gives seed to the sower and bread, you know, to those in need. So he will give to you what he wants you to give away. So I'm like, what do you want me to give? And to make a long story short, he told me, he pointed out a family in church. And then two days later, this family had posted on Facebook that their washer, wash machine had went out. And they were just asking for an old one. I'm like, an old washer? Like, I feel guilty because I always have to have the newest model. Have you ever done that? Like, it sets you, it gives you, perspective is everything. It's like, I want you to buy that person a new washer. I'm like, yes, I cannot wait to see the look on her face when she gets a new wash machine. And I'm picturing myself rolling it in. (laughs) Like the big check. (laughs) And God's like, "Mm -mm mm-mm-mm. Do it in secret. And I'm like, how in the world am I supposed to deliver a wash machine in secret? Like dump it on the front lawn? Like I'm having this, this conversation with God in my quiet time, literally. And so I called Sears. I didn't know who else to call, y'all. I called Sears. And I told the whole lady on the phone the whole story. I'm like, can you deliver this anonymously? And, and she's crying on the other phone. I'm like, are you crying? <laughs> this is like six in the morning. And she starts telling me the story how she was a, a victim from, um, she's from Louisiana. She's a victim of the, the hurricane, I say Harvey, that, that hit us, not Louisiana. It was a big one, Katrina. And she's like, someone like came in alongside of Habitat with Humanity, a pastor, a whole church, built me a home. I mean, she's just in tears. 
She's like, I'm going to give you this washing machine at, at half price, and it's going to be delivered tomorrow anonymously. <laughs> I'm like, yes. And do you know what happened the next day when that washing machine came in? She posted it on Facebook. She recorded the sound of the water coming out of the washing machine. That tore me up. I'm like, I'm sorry, but when I hear water coming out of a washing machine, I'm like, ugh, got to do laundry. And she was so grateful. And guess who she gave the glory to? God, because she didn't know who it was from. Ding, ding, ding. Good lesson, right? That's good. That's a good lesson. I had to learn that lesson, you guys. Here we go, verse 5. And when you pray, does it say if you pray? When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to, to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Did you know that? That God knows what you need before you ask? I used to think, well, why do I have to ask? He already knows. Well, it's, it's I mean, we, we are God's children, just like our kids are our children. And when they come to us and ask, we want to give them the world, don't we? Especially when they're behaving right. And then he goes on to tell us how to pray. This is... This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Worship comes first. Part of our 21 days of prayer and fasting is the challenge of praying first, getting up every morning and giving God the first 30 minutes of your day for the next 21 days through five minutes of worship, 10 minutes, uh, I mean, 15 minutes of the word. We're, we're selling these this morning, the one-year Bible. I wanna challenge you, go through the Bible in a year with me. You will not look the same at the end of the year. I promise you, you won't. Because prayer may not change my circumstance, but prayer always changes me. Trust me, when I started reading the Daily Bible, like six months later, people in church that have known me for years came up to me and they're like, who are you? And then Scott would joke around, she got saved. (laughs) Like I transformed. You become who you spend time with. So I always start off with worship. And then at 15 minutes in the word, this daily Bible takes 15 minutes. It's a little bit of of the Old Testament, a little bit of the new, a Psalm and a Proverb. 15 minutes is all it takes. Your kingdom comes. Seek to understand his kingdom first, not your kingdom, his way of doing things. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. There's a section where in my journal, I start praying for my needs. That's my daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's our sins. I want my sins forgiven, but I realized when I started this journey, I had a hard time forgiving other people. In fact, there's a lot of people I didn't know I needed to forgive. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And I love this last part. For yours is a kingdom. What does kingdom mean again? His way. Yours is a kingdom. Yours is the power. It's not by my might. I can't do anything on my own. It's not by my might, but it's by his spirit and his power, says the Lord. That's the scripture. Yours is a kingdom. Yours is a power. And yours is the 
Who gets the glory? God forever. Let's skip down to verse 16. When you fast, everybody say when you fast. Oh, Pastor Kelly, why'd you have to say that? Listen, every year in December, I feel the fast coming. And you know, there's a scripture that says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That is so true. Because I'm excited at the same time I'm throwing a fit. Have you ever, has that ever happened to you before? Like, I'm so excited. I'm like, here comes the fast. I can feel it in my spirit. I, I'm just expectant on what God's going to do and in our church. And, and I'm believing for, we're believing for miracles in our church and, and all these great things. And, but at the same time, my flesh is going, no. And I literally overeat everything. <laughs> last night, we're like, what's our last meal going to be? Like we're going to electric chair or something, you know? <laughs> but let me, let me just put you at peace. Whatever it is you feel like you're giving up, it's going to be there in 21 days. It's going to be there. This year, I wanted to, I wanted to add something to my fast. And, and by the way, it doesn't matter what fast you pick. For years, we did the Daniel fast. It's a great one to start with. I highly recommend it. There's tons of Daniel fast recipes you can get online. This year, we're doing a form of the Daniel fast, but we're doing like a clean eating, you know? We're going to do, because when I did Daniel fast, like all I ate were carbs. <laughs> so I'm trying, I'm trying to be more like clean eating. So I'm doing that, but I wanted to add something. This is the second year I'll be doing that, but I wanted to add something to it. I'm like, I really want to, because the, fat, the fast, you've heard Pastor Scott say this before, and it's so true. If it means something to you, it means something to God. If you hate vegetables, don't fast vegetables, okay? Don't make it about what you're giving up. The whole purpose of the fasting is to put you directly in the presence of Jesus and to, for you to allow your self to tell your flesh no. No, no. Your, my flesh is not going to rule my body. My spirit man's going to rule my body. So that's the whole purpose of it. So it doesn't really matter what you give up. I remember one time a lady called me. She was crying. She was like, I failed the fast. It was like day 10. I ate a piece of chocolate cake and a glass of milk and she's bawling. I'm like, that's not a sin. You're fine. Do you want to finish this fast or not? Yes, I do. There's no condemnation to those who are in Jesus. Like, no shame, you ate a piece of cake, whatever. Get up tomorrow morning, let's try again. It's that simple. Right? Doesn't matter what fast it is, just pick something and stick with it. I want to point out three things from the scripture really quickly. Number one, giving, praying, and fasting are three practices of every follower of Jesus. He didn't say if, but when. That, that tore Scott and I up in 2011. We were like, what? Number two, God sees what is done in secret. And number three, the result of following Jesus through giving, praying, and fasting yields rewards. Now, we don't do this for the rewards. But remember Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and what? All these things will be added. It's what we just read in Matthew 6, that he knows what your needs are before you asked. When you make seeking his kingdom first and telling your flesh no and putting others in front of you, I'm telling you all that your needs will be answered before you ask. When I started this journey, you should have seen my prayer journal. We, at the table, we are selling Bibles and prayer journals. I want to encourage everybody to get one. The, the purpose of the journal, listen, I'm not a journaler. 
But I started, in 2011, I started journaling my prayers. Why? Because we always forget what we should remember and we remember what we should forget. Why do we do that? But when you can journal it, you can go back and go, look what God did in my life. Isn't that good? But I started journaling all my needs. I had no idea. I'm like, let your request be known to God. And my whole prayer time was everything that I needed. And then I started seeing people that were hurting. So I'd go home and I'd write their name in my prayer journal. And because I was faithful every morning to come to God, I call it my appointment with the king, by the way, and I would begin to pray because we do 21 days of prayer and fasting, but my prayer doesn't stop throughout the year. You know, 21 days makes a habit, so I kind of want you to keep praying the rest of the year. Okay? So I kept praying. You know, in August, we call it 21 days of prayer and feasting. I think it's pretty funny. But the, tw- the prayer is the, is the key, not the fasting. What I like to say is that fasting disconnects us from the world and prayer connects us to Jesus. Fasting dis- disconnects us from what is seen and prayer connects us to what is unseen. So it's a great way to kick off your prayer life. So, so I started writing down other people's needs. And my favorite thing, my favorite challenge is people that are lost. You know, when God looks down from heaven, he doesn't see, here's all my believers, my children, here's all the heathens. I'm going to separate them, goats and whatever at the end, and in hell you go. No, he looks down from heaven and he sees all his children. It's just that some are lost and some are found. And what he really wants us to do is become a great big search and rescue team. That's what he wants us to do. And he wants us to go for the lost because that's what concerns him. And if you start making your needs on your list about the lost and, and what other people need, he will take care of your needs even before you ask. And I can only tell, testify of what I've been through. And that's exactly what happened to me. My list got shorter and shorter. I'm like, whoa, you answered that before it even happened. And I started seeing the loss come into church. There was this lady at church. I know I'm out of time. There was a lady at church. If you want to come, um, Justin, on the piano. There was a lady at because the music makes me like, kind of kicks me in the rear, like, get off the stage. But there was a lady in our church, and she always brought her shoes to church. And they, they were these men's shoes. And she put them next to her. I'm like, that woman is crazy. She's doing bringing man's boots to church. And I saw this year after year after year after year, literally thinking she's nuts. And when I started this journey of prayer, I just walked up to her. And I'm like, hey, why do you bring that? Whose shoes are those? She's like, Oh, they're my husband's shoes. I'm believing that he'll be saved one day and he'll be in church right here next to me. And I had to repent. I'm like, I, got, I need to ask forgiveness. I thought you were plumb out of your mind. She started laughing. I'm like, what's his name? I'm, going, I'm writing in my prayer journal because everything I write in my prayer journal comes true. Why? Because I'm praying your will be done. I'm praying with God's will. I mean, sometimes he says no, but it, he answers me. Do you understand? It's not a genie in a bottle. I used to tell people that. This is my genie in a bottle. Wrote his name in my prayer journal. Two months later, he was in church. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what? And 
God was like, when your faith met her faith, me and the angels were just waiting, like we're waiting to be sent out. I, I get a picture of the unseen world for a second. In Revelation, it says that the prayers of the saints, which is you and me, go up before God like incense. And, and when we get together, the Bible says one of us can put some angels to flight, but two of us can send out a legion on people's behalf. So when we link our faith, that is what happens. I love putting lost people in my journal because I call their names out every day. Sometimes I, I get an update, sometimes I don't. One time I was... Um, watching this celebrity reality show. This is in 2011. And man, I was judging hard. I'm like, what a sinner. Like, she's just gross. And two days later, she died of a drug overdose. And I'm like, why didn't I write her name in my prayer journal? Why did I judge? Why did we do that? And from that day on, I started writing celebrity. I got some celebrity. You wouldn't believe the names in my prayer journal. <laughs> I don't even know some of their first names. It's like their stage name, you know. But I'm seeing some of them come to know Jesus. They may not be fully there yet, but it's pretty amazing. So the bottom line is, my prayer for today is that I've inspired you to go all in and to truly give God a year of your life. Truly go all in. Start this year out with 21 days of prayer. The challenge for you this morning is to join the movement. We actually created a, a code that you can scan with your phone. You can go online, you can go to our app, go to 21 Days of Prayer. You can even scroll through the different kinds of fasts. I highly recommend this book. It's called Fasting by Jensen Franklin. Again, changed our life. Um, you can order that on Amazon. Um, please, if you don't have one of these Bibles, ladies, this is the same Bible I gave out, different cover um, during our ladies' night, if you have one already. But this is a men and a woman's Bible. Like, go, go buy this on the outside. Get it, pick up a journal too. I think they're very, I mean, we're selling them for what we paid for them. And um, journal your miracles and your prayers. I'm telling you, the challenge, join the movement. So what does that mean? We're asking you to, well, click on the join the movement. And that doesn't mean we're going to call you every day. Like, you join the movement. Did you do your prayer time? Not going to do that, Okay. It's just an accountability, and there's also prayer requests there, so we can be believing with you. Pick, pick up the, the form that Pastor Scott passed out that we're doing as a church to record your 2022 visions and dreams and goals. Pick a fast, pray first, first 30 minutes of every day, five minutes of worship, 15 minutes of the word, 10 minutes of war, which is journaling your prayers. Join us also. We want to invite everybody even if you don't join the movement, join us for Saturday morning prayer. Every Saturday in January, the rest of January, we're going to come together corporately as a church and pray from 9 to 10 a.m. We're very quick at letting you out on time. And, um, and that will be at High Point Insurance Group. We're so grateful for that they're a part of our church family. They open up their, their building anytime we need to use it. We come together. We're going to pray there. You can just Google the address, High Point Insurance Group. But in closing, I don't ever want to, to um, in just a minute, let me just tell you, we're, I'm going to pray and I would like to invite anyone that doesn't know Jesus or maybe you're far from God and you just want to rededicate your life. It's a new year. 
We're going to do that in just a second, but we're also going to end today with another worship song and um, not probably not even a full one, just maybe a few minutes of it. But we want to allow time for if you need prayer for something, if you're believing for something in 2022, our staff's going to come up. We're going to pray with you. If maybe you don't need prayer, but you'd like to take communion with your family, the Bible says that you can be healed by taking communion. It's a type and shadow of of what Jesus did for us on the cross. So, you know, if you want to take it quietly on your own, we're not going to be serving it. You can do that. So I just want, I just want us to be prayerful as we're ending today. But let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. If, if you have never accepted Jesus, you're like, I want to fast and pray, but I really don't even have a relationship with the Lord. Step one is to, is for the lost to be found. And, and all you have to do, I mean, Romans 10, 9, and 10 just says those at 10, 13, I'm sorry, says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means all you have to do is say Jesus and you're saved. So if you want a relationship with the Lord, just call on his name. Lord, I just pray for all those that called on your name this morning, Lord. I just pray, Father, I thank you that you've forgiven their sins. Lord, I pray that the next step, God, that you will deliver them of whatever it is that has oppression on their life. We pray for complete freedom in Jesus name healing in their bodies God I just pray that they'll have the the desire in their hearts to worship you to to go all in to give you a year of their life father and I thank you that you're going to be with them as they're on that journey Lord for anyone here that just needs to rededicate their life Lord maybe once maybe when they were young they gave their heart to you but they have just been far from you Lord because I believe there's a lot of Christians who are lost they've just lost their way I know that I, w- I was there in 2011. So Lord, if there's anyone here that's like that, Father, you see their hearts. I'm not gonna even ask them to raise their hand, Lord. You see their heart. Lord, as they cry out to you, God, I pray that you will, you will bring them in again, Lord. Bring them into to the shepherd's gates, Father. Lord, I just pray that you'll put a desire, a strong desire in their heart, Lord. Just ignite a fire in their heart to live for you, Jesus. We love you. We dedicate this year to you, no matter what may come our way. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this message, we want to encourage you to subscribe and also share it on social media. You can always jump over to our website, myhighpointchurch.com. Click the giving link. What that does, it helps us to continue to share the message of Jesus Christ across the world. God bless you and remember, you can do all things through Christ.